1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now for our story. It was almost five o'clock. There was a last minute bustle on Wakefield's main street where people were hurrying through their shopping. Storekeepers were adding up the day's receipts and waitresses were busily preparing for the dinner rush. But in David Bowman's bank, there was silence. The money taken in during the day had been put away in the vaults, statements were filed, typewriters, so noisy during the day, were neatly shrouded in their covers. Everyone had gone home. That is, almost everyone. Over in the corner, Bill Meade was still bent over his desk, working in the little pool of light cast by a green-shaded lamp. Then there was a rattle at the outside door as David Bowman, Bill's employer, as well as Kit Meade's uncle, let himself into the bank.
2: Well, Bill, I had a notion I'd find you still here.
0: Hello, Mr. Bowman. Still working on the loan for that Italian family, the Angelinos? Yeah, I was trying to figure out some way to give them a break. Now, they've had a lot of hard luck. I think they'd get back on their feet with a little help. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill, you know I trust your judgment. Whatever you think. Thanks, Mr. Bowman. I know you'll back me up. That's why I want to be extra careful. (laughs) After all, I don't want to throw your money away. (laughs) But I'm not worried about that, my boy.
2: Not at all. So far, the loans you recommended have been fine. But I don't think you should overwork. It's not good for you. Why don't you close up shop now and let me give you a lift home? Well, I, I really ought to clean this thing well, up. you put in a full day. Come along now. All work, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm afraid Jack's a pretty dull boy anyway these days. Dull?
2: Well, I haven't seen you enough to keep track of how things are going for you lately, Bill. Is anything new developed?
0: Yeah, no way. I saw the attorney Angus McKillop again. Mm-hmm. That's so. And what did our canny Scotsman have to say? Nothing very encouraging.
2: In fact, quite the opposite. I see. Well, that's too bad, Bill. I was thinking about it just today, hoping the whole mess might be settled before long. That's
0: what I was hoping, too. But according to Mr. McKillop, it looks pretty discouraging. Oh, and I'm sorry. Pretty discouraging. Pretty discouraging. Pretty discouraging. Pretty discouraging. And I'm
2: sorry to hear that, Bill. Things were lining up fairly well.
0: No, according to Mr. McKillop, I haven't a ghost of a chance if I try to get a divorce and custody of the child. In fact, those were his exact words. Not a chance, huh? That is bad. And did he say why? Well, the main trouble seems to be that I have no grounds, according to him. In order to win custody of the child, I'd have to prove the kid isn't a fit mother. Regardless of what I may believe, well, there's just no way to prove a thing like that. Hmm. But uh, what about the divorce itself? I surely. you... No, there's the same trouble on that score.
2: No ground. I see. But, Bill, did you, did you tell him the whole story? How you came to marry Kit? Everything you found out later and so on?
0: I sure did. I traced the whole thing from the very beginning. And even after all that, he still couldn't give you any encouragement? Not a bit fact, he told me I should have accepted that proposition Ben Calvert made me.
2: You mean Ben's proposal that Kit would get a quiet divorce if you'd promise not to sue for custody of the baby? Angus didn't say that.
0: Yeah. It floored me, too, because the first time I talked to him, I had the impression he thought I might win. Of course, he didn't know the inside story then. Uh No. I'm very sorry to hear this, Bill. Very sorry indeed. I know you've been in a bad spot lately, and I did hope things would get cleared up. Ah, no, I'm really stymied. Because I know very well what's right, what should happen. Yet my hands are tied. There's not a darn thing I can do. It wouldn't be so bad if I weren't dead certain that the worst thing that could happen to that youngster would be to grow up under Ben's influence. Mm. Well, you know how I feel about that. I'm right with you. I know you are, Mr. Bowman. It helps a lot, too. I wish there was something I could really do.
2: But if Angus doesn't think you have a chance, I'm afraid he knows what he's talking about. It's not as if he ever backs away from a good fight.
0: Angus loved them. But on the other hand, if he sees the thing is hopeless... It's so crazy, though. I mean, knowing a thing and yet not being able to prove it. Of course, as he pointed out, that's the way it goes. It doesn't matter so much whether a thing is true unless you can prove it legally. That's where I'm stuck. Yes, I'm afraid you are, boy. I only wish there was some way I could help you. Uh, Sure, you don't want to go home now? No sense in your driving yourself like this? No, thanks, Mr. Bowman.
1: I think I'll work a little while longer.
0: Besides, it takes my mind off things.
1: David Bowman gave Bill a little pat on the shoulder and then turned away. As he let himself out of the door and caught a last glimpse of the young man, Bill's head was again bent over the litter of papers on his desk. But, somehow, Bill couldn't get his mind back to the problems of banking. His thoughts kept wandering to the problems of his personal life, which he and David had been discussing. Finally, he gave up with a sigh and decided to go home after all. As he came out to the street, a small figure appeared from the shadows near the window. Hi, Bill. Well, hello there, Billy.
3: Gosh, I thought you'd never quit working tonight.
0: You mean you've been waiting out here for me?
3: Sure. I asked that man who came out a while ago if you were still there. You said yes, so I thought I'd stick around.
0: Oh, well, that was swell of you, Billy. But I hate to think of you standing out there in the cold.
3: Heck, I didn't care. Mind if I walk along with you, Wayne?
0: No, wish you would.
3: Okay, let's go.
0: Okay. Oh, Bill, what's cooking? Anything new?
3: Nothing much. I just felt sort of like talking to you tonight.
0: Well, I'm glad you did, because you're exactly the fellow I feel like talking to. <laughs> How's school? It's all right all right.
3: Oh, uh, you know how it is, Bill. A guy gets tired of doing the same old thing day after day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know just what you mean.
3: I don't mind arithmetic and geography, but I sure do hate English.
0: Oh, that's funny. I was the same way. You were? Yeah. I remember those compositions.
3: Gosh, yes. The subjects they give you. What I did on my vacation and my most embarrassing experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess they use the same ones year after year.
3: I never know what to say. My most embarrassing experience.
0: Why, aren't you ever embarrassed?
3: Nah.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, fella, before you know it, you'll be through school and out in the big, wide world. Ever think about what you want to be when you grow up?
3: Well, I kind of think I'd like to build bridges.
0: Oh, a civil engineer, maybe, huh?
3: I guess. I like to make stuff.
0: Yeah, I remember you made that pipe rack for your dad.
3: Um, Um, Bill, I, I, here... What's this? Oh, it's just something I made for your kid.
0: For my kid? Oh, say, that's swell of your belly. Uh, may I look at it?
3: Sure. That's really why I waited for you tonight. Hope he'll go for it.
0: How bold. Hey, that's swell.
3: You think he'll like it? It's a battleship.
0: Hey, look at all those portholes.
3: I bought them all myself. The idea is in case of attack. You can shoot right out of the sides there.
0: Well, sure you can.
3: I copied it after a picture in a magazine.
0: <laughs> look at that red smokestack.
3: <laughs> well... I figured when a kid's young like yours is, they like a lot of bright colors.
0: Oh, I love it, Billy. And I certainly appreciate your thinking of us, too. Thanks for million
3: it was a lot of fun. Bill. Yeah? I was wondering if it'd be okay with you. I mean, if I could go home with you and give it to him myself.
0: Oh. Well, that's a swell idea, Billy. But...
3: I wouldn't stay long. Just long enough to... No, no, out. no,
0: that's, that's not the problem. It's just that, uh... Well, to tell the truth, my kid doesn't live with me just now.
3: You mean he's away on a trip with his mother?
0: No, not exactly. You see, we don't live together, his mother and I.
3: Oh. Why don't you?
0: Well, Billy, it's rather hard to explain. You see, sometimes when two people don't seem to be able to get along so well, it's best that they separate, not try to live together.
3: You mean you and your wife don't like each other?
0: Oh, yeah. That's about it.
3: Gee, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough for your kid, too.
0: Yeah, sure it is.
3: Because I know how it was when my dad was gone overseas. Even though I knew he was coming back, it just don't seem right when your dad isn't home.
1: Later, Bill Meade walked alone slowly along the darkening streets with the toy battleship Billy had given him clutched in his hand. The youngster had stated the truth so simply that it was inescapable. It's awful tough on the kid, he'd said. Yes, but Bill, if you only knew it, the problems which seem so insurmountable to you now may all be solved. For, at this very moment in the Calvert House on 11th Street, there is a woman whose life has touched yours deeply, though you've never seen her. It's Lisa Fenner, who has come to Wakefield to claim her son from Kit Mead.